broadcasting from a dark basement office. The FBI's most unwanted presents the X-Files podcast. Well, well, well. Josh, what's up, pal? Whoa, I am coming in with a lot of positive energy, a really good outlook on the world, and I am just happy to be here and have a great discussion with one of my best friends. Aw, thanks, buddy. Isn't that sweet of you? Allow <laughs> me to retort. I think you're a sweet man, too. Quite reliable and generous. <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> Let's write each other's dating profiles. <laughs> Oh, uh, fuck. Francisco's saying I'm very Patrick Bateman today. I don't know why. I don't well, know you, why. What do you think about Huey Lewis in the news? <laughs> don't just stare at it. Eat it. Uh, um, nope. I, I just want to think. If you're listening, you're either one of two people. Mm. You're fresh fodder. Newly arrived, just randomly picked out an episode. Unlikely. Or yeah. you're, you're a person that's still here after our last episode. And to the second, I would like to say thank you. Mm-hmm. And I think, I guess we're sorry. No. But whatever. Are we sorry? <laughs> That's no, the, not really. Yes. No. So I'm like, going through the motions. We were just talking about psychological malfeasance. That you just witnessed right now. Josh is doing the thing he thinks he's supposed to do socially, which is apologize for what was otherwise a ridiculous episode of nonsense. But it truly speaking... And I'll speak for him because I'm speaking for myself because we share the same brain on this. There's a real deep fucked up part of our psychology, which is proud of that episode. But we're going to pretend that we are not proud of it. And that's how we operate. We're disgusting, empty, shallow people who do podcasts. Yep. Is that about right? What do you think, Andrea? What do you think, Dr. 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 Johnson? Hmm. Dr. J, what do you think? Like almost everything, it's uh, it's love hate. Sure, both incredibly sure. proud and you know borderline ashamed of uh, almost everything I do and am. <laughs> but so <laughs> I love and both hate all aspects of my personality. Hey, the other thing I was lying about, besides the apology, was being in a good mood. But it's getting better. It's We're getting better making strides every minute. If only Leonard Betts could eat rage instead of cancer. Mm. We would be really getting somewhere. Yeah, that that sounds like a like an X file, a rage yeah. monster, but uh, cancer that, monster. It's what wild. Bets, man. Um, let me just ask you, please. What do you remember? What did you know, nothing? You, okay, then what did you think? I thought it was very good. I was shocked at how good this episode was. Did you look at the comments that people posted? I have not about this one. No, I, I got to be honest with you. I haven't gotten that far. I, I went from being off for like six days to doing three pods in one day. And I'm not going to lie. I have yet to look at the comments. So I apologize. I, I failed all of you. I, I wasn't trying to put you on the spot. No, I was it's okay. Just I'm, saying, I'm being honest about it. I, I, I haven't looked at them. They're universally very positive. Oh, cool. Awesome. Yeah. It's People a good fucking episode. One. It's a great fucking episode. I couldn't believe how good it was. Yep. Yep. Um, and, it's, uh, it's, it's fucking gross and creepy and, and jaw dropping at times. If I'm being honest, since we're being yeah. so honest this evening, it's just a bare, bare breasted. 
Mm-hmm. Speaking um, of which, I got to take this fucking shirt off one second. My shirt is off because it's hot as fuck. My AC is Wait, cranking. one sec. Oh, boy. Yeah, it's, I know I know intimately why the I'm murder back. rate goes up. Wow, it's fucking hot. Jesus. Yeah. And, I'm in the, and I'm underground, bro. Let me in the bunker. <laughs> <laughs> um, that should be a stretch goal for LSG. Right? What? Membership. At what point do you build an actual bunker? Yeah. <laughs> um, I do want to uh, want to mention. Uh, I of course got some of my homework done by BP. Shout out to a uh, happy belated birthday, Mister BP. I sucked him off pretty hard on Facebook, so I don't have to make a big deal about it. But um, Mrs. I'm sorry, oh, Jesus Christ, Doctor Johnson just mentioned in the chat. Uh, this episode had the highest ratings of any X-Files episode and some interesting trivia BP sent me. This Wait, aired that- after the Super Bowl. Like right fucking after. Okay. And was originally going to be a different episode which was <laughs> I think it was Never Again and Chris Carter switched it okay. when they learned where it was going to be lined up to try to make it a more accessible it 29 million people Watch this fucking thing live. Jesus Christ. That's wild, dude. That's wild. It's a different era. 29 million people watch this episode live? Yeah. Which is crazy because you know how football gets all into cancer and shit. Right? <laughs> They're always like, we got the fucking pink cleats and shit. Oh, you know. sure, sure. So I was, they must. Just breast cancer. They don't give a fuck about the other ones. <laughs> well. I don't know anything about science, but I think if you make strides in one, you're making strides in all of them, kind of, right? A little bit? Sure. Shows you what I know. What are you going to do? Hey, not not an oncologist, come to find out. (laughs) Drink. (laughs) Very hell, wait a minute. Very Hellraiser influence, says Foss. This episode, you think? Hellraiser's Hmm. got a little more sexiness to it, though. It's kind of like that sort of uh, BDSM sex appeal. So one of my favorite things about this, because I didn't, to be honest, didn't mm. remember it super well, like as well as what surprised me was reading some of these comments and being like, man, people fucking love this episode. Sure. I remember, I remember liking it. I definitely came out with a higher impression than I thought going into it. Mm. And I'm like, I've seen it a few times. I remember it. I remember the, the cancer thing. I remember some of the effects. I remember that fucking iodine bath. I remember the oh, terrible wild. head birth CGI. Real bad. Dude. Real bad. Yeah. Well. But um, I just kind of forgot how good it was overall. And like, um, one of my favorite things, I think, right off the bat was, you know, we've talked about different Monster of the Weeks where, you know, sometimes the monster is just straight, straight scary, freaky, horrible fluke man or or in a different vein, like the Donnie Fasters and whatever. And then you have episodes where the quote-unquote monster is really kind of a sympathetic thing. And this is a cool one because I think it kind of walks the line and sort of fools the audience to the point where I kind of forgot going into it that at the end of the day, he is kind of a bad guy. I'm watching it, and I'm like, oh, yeah, right. He can. He's like this great EMT and all the shit. And then when he fucking murders his partner, I'm like, oh. Right, That's but right. it's funny you bring that up because I, one of the compelling parts of this week's episode, Joshua, if I may, is the fact that he isn't behaving as, he doesn't appear to be at first until he kills her to be behaving in a way 
unless, and I might be missing something because clearly I'm not super versed, but is that the first person he kind of aggresses against? Because until then, he's just a monster dealing with his monstrous ways. And then he fucking has to kill somebody because he, he gets, it's like, the, it's like the bank robber, except he's like the cancer organ robber. He's like, he, he, he's like Robert De Niro. He's like, what if uh, there is a flip side to that coin? What if you do got me boxed in? Then I got to fucking stab <laughs> you with a needle in the back because I am never going back to prison, right? It's kind of that where he has this moment where he's, his goose is cooked, like the jig is up. And there, you're fucked. They got you. She's she's ID'd you. That that's such a great shot of him hiding near the tree. And she, I like how she just keeps pushing. Like, no, I saw him. And I like how this episode is like, it's not the classic. Oh, they vanished without a trace. He vanished behind a tree, and she actually found him. <laughs> right? It was cool. <laughs> yeah, it's not, you know how in every other show, it's like they vanished without a trace. Yeah. They, they go down the alley. Yeah, and then the, yeah. The, the hero chases him down, and then gets to the end of the alley, looks side to side, or. The mm-hmm. chain link fence and it's gone. He's just like, no, oh, he's right there. Yeah, 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 there he is. Exactly. There he is. <laughs> you start, you're, you're running after him down the alleyway. You jump on the fence as a German shepherd. It scares you, and then you're like, he's gone. Fuck, where'd he go? Mm. But but yeah, it is. It's, it it's he wasn't he. It didn't appear to be out murdering Allah tombs for liver. He seemed no. to be trying to survive in a way that he didn't have to. Although I wonder if he was going to kill the gentleman that was in the ambulance who had lung cancer. I wonder if he had a plan to kill him because he Before stabilized they, him. Oh, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, but, but isn't it cool? Like just this idea of, I, it, you know, it reminds me of it. It's almost like, and you should probably make this a drinking game, but it, it has a, a vampire masquerade quality. It's like, I'm not going to kill you. <laughs> I'm just trying to take your blood and slip away and get away. I'm not, I don't want to expose myself to, to investigation. I want to yeah. stay hidden. And then, oh, fuck, this lady ID'd me. She sees my head on my body. I wish you wouldn't have found me. I love that moment. That's so terrifying. Yeah. I wish you wouldn't have found me. It, it takes me to um, Zodiac, where he, the, he lets the girl in the car, and then he's like, I'm going to kill you and throw your baby out the window. And you're like, what the fuck? You well, know? first of all. <laughs> it's such creepy. Like He just says, oh, I wish you wouldn't have found me. If we had a drinking game where the listeners drank every time we talked about RPGs, You'd get buzzed every single episode, but you'd probably never be hammered, but just steady. You know, like a high-functioning alcoholic. Sure. Um, But secondly, to your point, um, very true, and I like it. Um, But one thing that I'm kind of – it's ambiguous at the end of the day, Mm. which is kind of – I don't know if ambiguous is the right word. But a a thing that's different about the heat comparison is that when he's confronted, it's not – hey, you were doing this thing and now you're going to go to prison. It's, hey, you've been living this life and now you're going to be exposed, but by one person that you have a personal connection with. This is true. This is true. Yes, this is true. It's a little bit more aggressive than, because, you know, if if he was a little bit more empathetic and we do, you know, we we did learn in the episode, I think it's very well written, that like, oh, well, I wouldn't say I was his friend. Leonard didn't really have like, you know, that's what Michelle says. His Makes sense if you're if you're uh, this type of creature, right? There's a there's some kind of lack of empathy or connection to other people, um, in some ways. And it's also like, yes, he helps people. He's this amazing EMT, but is he doing it out of a need to help people or a desire to help people or just because it gives him a- access to a delicious dumpster full of cancer uh, buffet parts? 
What's right. The, so that's a, it, that's that's the moral question, right? Right. The moral but it's question. Different than as mentioned. Sorry, no, to cut you do. off by all, but by just, all means. It's not like uh, Doctor Johnson has mentioned too shy, right? The uh, the old fat sucker vampire. Is that mm. who too shy was? That's I, the I one. Think. Yeah. Um, he he could survive in this way, like he does later, like he kills that guy in the bar. For lung cancer, mm-hmm. but he chooses a way of existence that it that does not require him to murder, and ends up helping people. Is he helping them out of a desire to do so, or just because it's kind of a corollary to, to to the way that he finds to f- keep himself fed? So that so here's the question: He is an EMT. We learn that he visits the cancer ward often because he has, I believe Mulder says, access. He uses the word access. Um, so I'll, I'll, let me get real existential. Does the moral question, well, I guess it does matter because it's an interesting conversation, but it, it, it does, it, I guess it begs the question is, does it, <laughs> cosmically speaking, matter? No, I'm kidding. But does it, <laughs> he, he, what motivates him? I mean, I mean, it matters. You wouldn't want him to come to Thanksgiving, but you wouldn't. <laughs> he, he, turkey. he, if he is a great EMT and he's been twice decorated, I can only assume that he saved lives. Now, is that you? I, I would argue. I guess the. I guess you could. I guess the debate could be. If you're the family of the people he saved, I'm not sure you care about his motivation as to why he was an EMT because your mom's alive. That said, that doesn't make him noble <laughs> or, or ignoble, I guess, as it were. He, he, it's, it is, it, it, I guess what I'm asking is the moral question is interesting, but if you are somebody whose family member was saved, I don't think you care, at least in that moment. Maybe if you think about it and you're like, oh no, he killed these other people or he did these terrible things, You'd probably like, oh, he's a he's a bad person, but I'm thankful he saved my mom. You know, it, it's it's a it's a weird moral dilemma to find oneself in, isn't it? Yep, and it does. It, it is. Um, I think ambiguous is the right word, and there's because there's signs that point to different ways. Because the episode shows us that he will kill if he feels it's necessary for his continued existence as he sees fit, whether it's literal survival. Mm-hmm. Right, we see him very hungry. We see him go after the guy in the bar. We see him go after Scully, and no spoilers. Sure. Um, and then we also see him kill Michelle, which is a, a that's little a bit more like fuck, man. That's you didn't get anything out of that except just kind of remaining hidden. And maybe yes. maybe you could have convinced her. Maybe you could have if he was a little bit more empathetic and truly cared about her. Wouldn't he pull her aside and say like, "Listen, you have you can't say that you saw me. You can't do this." I can't tell you what's going on. I think like, so. It's yeah, a I risk. think if he, I think if he was more empathetic, I think he absolutely attempts to breach that uncanny valley moment that she's experiencing. But I think he probably had seconds to consider and just reacted. But yep. but that said, I to make make no mistake about it. I obviously killing is bad <laughs> i would never yeah. make a case otherwise but i also don't think well, like some other villains we faced that he's gaining any pleasure out of the demise of his former partner i think he probably feels a way about it even though we never really quite explore that 
because I don't think we have to, because I don't think it matters. I don't think, I don't think we're going to, I don't think we're going to empathize with him, so to speak, because he killed this innocent woman. I think it still puts him in a bad light as far as we're concerned. But to the earlier point about too shy, he seemed to sort of, I don't know, revere in, it, it takes a certain type, like this guy's trying to get away from people and he was trying to uh, uh, attract people that he could kill. It's, yeah. That's a different mentality. That's a different type of uh, mindset than this guy. But he, this guy does lure a guy outside to kill him. You know, he's getting desperate. So I think, I think by the end of the episode, I'm not sure there's much distinction between him and other monsters because I think he starts to lose his grip. But in the beginning, I think it is, oh, this is what I am, and I'm starting to lose control of it. He's a, you know, he's a neonate vampire that kind of got left out on the wind, in the wind and didn't mm-hmm. figure out how to survive and fucked up. And, and that was it, you know? Very interesting comparison. And right. the second time you've brought up vampires or, or Vampire the Masquerade, think about like everybody's played or mentioned a character or even you see it in an um, in, uh, interview with, with Vampire uh-huh. when yes. great, he's great. trying to survive on rats and things like that. Sure. Right? Because um, he's, he's trying to both find a way to continue to exist because we have this overwhelming need to survive, endure, whatever. Even as an undead husk, right? Yes, but to somehow morally do it. And maybe that's the whole thing that brought him into the MT thing. Because the other option is eating cancer out of living people, right? That's that's what I was thinking, which doesn't seem like a super precise way to help somebody beat their cancer. Do do you understand? Like, I don't, I don't, I think if, uh, you know, does he just take a hunk out of a tumor and then run away into the night like some Nosferatu, Max Shrek type of character? Like, or, or, or is he attempting to save the person in the process? I don't know. Well, but oh, what's interesting, I don't even know if they ever, and maybe I missed it, but I don't know if they expressly talk about, when they talk about the cancer and how, you know, like Michelle says something about like- He just steals it, right? He just steals like bio waste. Right. So right. he identifies it because he can identify cancer. He can see it, but I don't know that he's taking it out of those living people. I don't think so either. It's, it's, he's getting it from the waste thing. And yeah, which is fucking disgusting. Oh, it's man. one of, it's, it's kind of gut wrenching when Scully and Mulder have their, their elbow deep in just bio mass. <laughs> Did it's you think really of a gross. fight club? Dude, it made Fight Club look like fucking shoots and ladders, bro. (laughs) (laughs) It was really bad. It was so gross, man. But, but, but I think the point remains. I think it is, you know, this idea of I'm trying to survive. And if I'm an EMT, maybe that does give me some limited access to you know, biomass or what have you. And, and, and mayhaps he is actually skillful at being an EMT enough to where he's twice decorated. I, I see the writing in this episode is, is really good. And, and the reason it's good is because of that right there. It's not like, oh my God, look at all these patients who've died under his care. That's easy writing. Yeah. Difficult writing is, hey, he saves lives. I don't know what kind of EMT fucking Medal of Honor they have, but this guy has it twice. And that's saying something pretty impressive, which is what I, which is what I was talking about in terms of, I, th- I think I'm starting to come around, I think I'm starting to come around on what I'm trying to say here. I think he is a killer of necessity 
not of, I don't think he's a sadist, right? I no. think he's just eating to be fr- I think the vampire analogy is a very good one because in, in the Louis one is even better. I think it's more succinct because if you take Louis and Lestat, Lestat has, Lestat's been through it. Like he, 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 he reveres in what he is and he wants Louis to do the same in that there's that great voiceover and that great monologue by Louis when he finally bites Claudia and he goes, now I know why. Now I know what Lestat's talking about. Now I understand because nothing ever satiated him ever the same ever again. And if you note, at least in the movie, I don't remember the novel, he never goes back to rats again, right? It's that, it's that threshold that once you, it's like, you're going to put a condom back on after fucking without one. Are you sure? (laughs) It's not easy, right? It's like, how would I ever go back to rats? You ate rats. Claudia says rats. And then, and then they think back on it kind of wistfully like, yeah, that was a weird time when I ate rats, but that was Louie. It's funny. This guy, this, 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 what's his fucking name? I'm such an idiot. Leonard. Thank you. Leonard. <laughs> oh, old Lenny Betts here. The he's, name of the episode. Yeah, yeah. The titular Lenny Betts. He's cruising around and he, you know, you, you get the impression maybe he doesn't want to until he kind of has to, or, or he becomes desperate. Once he loses his job and he's on the run, he's like, I guess I got to kill this guy who has lung cancer, this fucking retired hell's angel looking guy, you know? Yeah. Well, <laughs> like Moxie says in the chat, listen, he's just a struggling, tortured cancer eater trying to make his way in this crazy world. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, I agree. I think, you know, the conclusion that you're, you're definitely led to believe by the end of the episode is that, you know, he's not, a predatory monster just out there doesn't care about human life at all. But there is still the ambiguity of, okay, well, did you only kill these people because, or or, or, I'm sorry, let me back up. Were you only not killing people because it's, it was lower risk or because, you know, because it's just easier to continue to exist. Like, were you doing that because killing people is a big risk? Cause when you kill someone, the fucking police investigate it. When they find a guy exactly. with his chest ripped open and a cancer in lung missing, like there's an investigation versus you're just a good EMT. Nobody's nobody's inventorying the fucking body parts bin. No, yeah, they're just tossing them. So it's, you know, it 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 does, you know, because his mother definitely puts it out there as like, this is his purpose in life. He's there to, you know, um, to save people. He has this gift. He's called to it and she's willing to cover up crimes and things like that. And I think one interesting piece is that on his little mantle in his little fucking shitty apartment, he has a framed cutout of the article of him, in the newspaper getting this EMT award, right? Which would lead you to believe that he had some pride in what he was doing. I think so. Right. Yeah, because otherwise so. you could say, well, he was only doing this thing because it was the easiest way to get access to, to the cancer stuff. Not because he wanted to help people; just it was it was an easy end. Yeah, I don't, low I, risk. I don't know if there's enough evidence to support that, but that's what Mulder seems to think, right? It it it, it, it maybe you know. So let, let's let's go back to the vampire comparison because I think it's such a good one because we're talking about feeding. So a human being can go on a hunger strike and starve themselves. I think, I think we have to discuss the reality. And now, 
I understand that I am going off of no evidence. This is pure speculation, but hear me out. A vampire cannot starve themselves, okay? If you go by any mythology, they can't. They will frenzy and rage and do anything they can to, if they get to that point, kill and eat you. And it's nothing personal. It's a supernatural curse, okay? It's beyond, it's beyond comprehension. A person can, can, can not eat in a prison cell and die. They won't rage out and they won't take, and they, and they, and if you did that to a vampire and you stuck them in a cell and you slit a rat in, they'd eat the rat, period. They (laughs) have no choice. Or baby, that's even a better way to say it. They have no choice. Now, are we talking about a man in titular Lenny Betts who realizes that he has this insatiable hunger to where he must consume cancer and he realizes I will never shake this. It's beyond my control right? Again, a human can starve themselves to death. A vampire can't. Maybe if, if we're going to be a little generous to uh, him as a moral actor, we can say he's not, he's, he's in the grips of something beyond what we could ever understand as hunger. Hunger described in, as, as a vampire issue is heroin. Okay. Hunger is heroin to a vampire. Blood is heroin. And it also sustains heroin. Yeah. To, yeah. Times 10, right? Whereas this is not like this, like humans cannot eat. I've, I've illustrated the point plenty here. Yep. What, where does Bet stand? I, if we want to be generous, we could say perhaps Betts is a guy who knows. Why am I talking like Chris Walken? Perhaps he's a guy who knows. Wow. He goes weird commas in strange places telling you. No, but he, um, maybe he's a guy who realizes this shortcoming and thinks, A, like, they're, maybe they're not mutually exclusive. Maybe he's like, I do need access, but also I have a skill at this. I have some kind of ability to ascertain medical conditions. Because we've talked about him being able to sniff cancer, but I have a funny feeling, as we've seen, the show shows us, that he can do this with many different ailments, which is why, because he has this diagnostic computer in his head, which is why I think he's such a good EMT, because he knows what's wrong and knows how to treat it. And I think he's trying to put that to good use while at the same time getting the access to require. So perhaps a little column A, a little column B. Let me, let me interject with, or follow, with a, a comment from the chat and a question for you. Hit me. Because I like everything you said. And a great fucking inject uh, from White Death herself said, fuck, I lost it. It was a little bit up there. Um, she brought up, uh, he called in about the other patient giving advice just for the sake of Oh, that's advice. right. That's right. That is a great writing inject, which I fucking completely forgot about. To save the patient, right? That's the only possible fucking reason for doing it. It doesn't benefit him at all. In fact, it costs him because it it is him doing that, which leads to Michelle seeking him out, realizing that he's in live and, and, and hunting after him. Yes. And then being forced to kill him. But um, now, just to be clear, to me, to be very, very clear, um, it doesn't, it still doesn't absolve him of the crime in question. It just murdering makes the him, shit out of her. Right. It just makes him a more understandable, let's be it real, makes, a villain. He's a it villain. Makes it, yeah, but it makes him more, more interesting. Yes. A better way to say it is interesting. Yeah. Right. Now I got a question for you. Cause this was brought up, um, also in the chat, uh, Voss said um, there, people were talking about the mom, right? And I mentioned her before about how, like, at the end, she's, 
she's trying to cover up. She's talking about how, you know, he's here to do good works in the world and blah, blah, blah. Sure. And she's basically willing to do anything. I think she knows, and she knows he's there. She's, she's hiding him, right? Yes. Oh, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, we, you know, and it becomes clear at first, you don't know if like, uh, did she not know he had been reborn the first time when we find out that, you know, he was killed six years ago. Mm. I think the assumption by the end of the episode is, yeah, she knew then she knows now. Yep. Um, because she fucking nurses him back to health with a little <laughs> iodine bath. Yeah. But Voss says she's like the stereotypical villain's mom in TV and movies. Whenever there's a killer vi- slash villain, nine times out of ten, the mother will cover for them no matter how heinous the acts they're committing are. Yes. So I want to ask you, scale one to ten, one being jaywalking, ten being f- genocide, like double-digit <laughs> serial killer, Okay, what would your mom cover up for you? What would Mama Martin, hmm. fresh from her visit, what would she cover up for the little Dino? That's a great question. I think she'd be. I, I think she'd want to believe I didn't do anything. Um, I don't I know. Want a, I want a number, motherfucker. One to ten, definitely not ten. I don't think because yeah, I think you're right. Like the the wanting to believe that's you know some built in self delusion. I think that's. Of course, Probably. of course. Yeah. I don't know. I would say somewhere between six and seven. Okay. That's <laughs> a, a, a good mom level. <laughs> you, know? you don't want a 10 mom, but you don't want a two mom. You don't want a two mom. No. He's like, you, <laughs> he's like you, better seven, check his, you better check his receipts. Seven is like crime of passion, murder, right? Sure. I think my mom, I think she's a seven too. Yeah. It's yeah. a good that's a good fucking mom. And I think this mom is a 10. And I'll tell you why because she's she's willing <laughs> she puts her she puts her money where her son's cancer eating mouth is, right? <laughs> <laughs> which is which is basically like she must be sick, she must be sick with it and and she kind of sacrifices herself in the end, which is real dark. Yeah. Yeah. Right? That's intense, man. That's Yeah, well, oof. she survives. True. Basically, he does perform essentially surgery. That's a good point. Yeah, this guy's more. This guy's a paramedic, not an EMT, right? But whatever. Yeah, I'm, I mean, if he's not, like, he at least has learned those level of skills. Like, I don't yeah. know if they ever say it, but yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, I like that. So, well, I like it, dude. I, I, I think the bulk of our discussion in this episode should be about Leonard Betts because you know he's what the episode's about, but um. We haven't talked a lot about Mulder and Scully, and I think we should probably uh, probably get to it. Okay. Probably talk a little bit about our, our titular agents. Um, the horror that grips Jillian Anderson when the decapitated head opens its eyes and mouth and then closes them is outstanding. <sighs> and one of the benefits of high definition is watching the reflection in her glasses as she's flexing her hands. It's such a nice little actress touch, right? Which yeah. is something she thinks is never going to be seen on camera, but it's something she's doing, Jillian is doing, because she's in that moment of, this is terrifying. That is so fucking scary, man. There's so, there's so many moments in this episode where these, they have to contend with the grotesque. And it's, it's, yes. it's vile, man. It's, it's really gross. 
there is yeah there is a lot of gross out action um but a lot of it's done really well like that's so freaky but it's not just like lazy shock kind Correct. of stuff right because he doesn't like, say anything isn't it even, just yeah and even the body parts like they don't gross you out by showing you like close ups of all these body parts they gross you out by showing you the actor's reaction to it mm-hmm. there's something grosser about a bag full of biomass than maybe even a decapitated head. Yeah. You yes. Know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, oh, fuck, man. Huh. That is heinous. Um, <laughs> I just asked the chat um, to everybody <laughs> to rank their mother on a scale, uh, on that scale of one to 10. And um, Dr. Johnson said her mother's a 10, no doubt. <laughs> Why Death says her, her mom's a minus one. Holy so shit. So you could psychoanalyze both of them based off that. Unless one they're of Russian, them, right, Maja? Then she's a 10. <laughs> <laughs> one of them's a psychologist, one of them's an artist. So, hey, maybe Freud's <laughs> <laughs> on to something. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but, um, fucking shit. Yeah, no, it's, uh, where Jay were Curry's talk- mom's a five. What the yeah. fuck, Jay? I didn't fucking build my life up and pay off my fucking mortgage so I can go to the clink because you, because you had to cut off a fucking hook his head. <laughs> That's his mom. Oh, somehow you know Marky a, Mark. A, another thing of, you're talking about Scully and, uh, <laughs> and and Jillian's acting in this, which is fucking great. Yeah. But boy, if if we applied the uh, the old X Files drinking game rules from uh, from last episode to this one, good God, how many times would you? have to drink for Scully doubts one of Mulder theories or, or the level of self delusion slash uh, b- b- like your outright faith in science. She denies some shit for a long time. Yeah. yeah. When a, when a bodiless head winks at you. Yeah. And you like, yeah, boy. Eyes open scientist. and close. Pretty wild. Yeah. 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 Oof. Damn. Um, we mentioned it earlier, but that that head, that second head coming out of the the mouth, I think, what it ends oh, up being. The, the, the shot of, be, the, of the throat bopping around is, is, is great. Is really it's gross. Practical. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Right? Uh, yeah, it, it, it's a little photography trickery when his head's coming out of his head, but. Uh, it's really bad. It's I say up to this point, it's got to be top five worst visual effects in the show. Right. Uh, yeah, it's great right up until that moment, right? When the actual head comes out and it's yeah, yeah. so clearly it's a, like... It's not great. Pre-CGI CGI. It's bad. <laughs> but they didn't, have, like, they didn't have Jurassic Park budget for this, did they? Right, right. It's tough. It's tough. Um, I, I put it right up there with some of the um, some of the space space ghost coast Boom. to coast back to season one. <laughs> Yeesh, it's bad stuff. The molting, yeah, Dainton Magus calls it. That's what it is. The molting <laughs> body. <laughs> so that's what's so he can actually grow like like a second. Body. Can we talk it's, about his powers? Yeah, let's do that. Let's. We had a brief forehand to Mulder and Scully. Let's get back yeah, to Lenny. Fuck, fuck these two. Fuck them. We talk about it every the week. The episode's called Lenny Betts. Let's go. Right. What are his powers? He appears to have a type of ability to 
understand your medical ailments, large or small? Beyond just cancer? I think so, because I think that's how he's able, well, we know so for a fact. That's how he's able to help people by calling in, here's what's wrong with this guy. But that's a good question. Are we presupposing he's just an expert and knew the answer? Is he maybe just a really fucking good paramedic? Mm. And, And the cancer detection is the only supernatural thing? That goes right back to like, kind of how into this is he? Is it just not a convenience or is it, because he does that on the radio. How did he fucking supernaturally identify that over the radio? I like how we're, we're willing to believe superior intellect <laughs> over magic powers over the radio. <laughs> I think because it's supernatural, Josh. <laughs> Wait, he can't be actually good at his job. That's crazy. <laughs> Jesus Christ, you're talking about him like he's a female character, Josh. <laughs> teasing, teasing you, of course. Oh, but uh, and- no. What? What, and what about the blurred camera? Is that a supernatural thing? That can't just be fucking convenience, right? Gotta be. Man, this guy's getting more and more like a vampire every second. And and as Galendi says in the chat, he is cancer. Wait, what? He is cancer. It's not just that he needs cancer for substance, right? It, when they do that um, little bologna slice head thing, uh-huh. and they like, the bring it to the guy to check it out or whatever. Slice. <laughs> yeah, they put him through the old. Give me a, give me a half pound of turkey and uh, one pound of Lenny Betts brain. Can I get that they, German baloney? <laughs> you look at it, and they're like, these are all like his brain is riddled with cancer. Yeah, his yeah. Lymph, his lymph nodes would have been the size of cats. If this guy was alive. <laughs> <laughs> nice, frisky dingo. You like that? That's really good. Um. um yeah, 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 of course. Yes, I have no I have no no debate against that because it's clearly stated. Yeah. His 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 charts like, "Wait, you you're literally all of your cells have been compromised." Mhm. Oh, I forgot about the R photograph that came up from the slice too. Which which essentially shows I I guess that's what led Mulder to believe in the cockamamie, which of course ends up being true regeneration theory. Like every Mulder theory, yeah. Sure, he's essentially a lizard man. He can regen. Right, but, but right. even beyond the, well. Yeah, beyond the pale. Yeah, because because he, he they, they are a fucking. That his head is still. Whatever you call that guy who does that thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh-huh. He talks about lizard tails being seen in the photograph, right? That's why you said it? I don't think so. But but maybe I did say because of that, but I don't remember. I just know that if he's reading, I, I guess what we're just supposed to believe is, you know, he's just reading, okay, this dude's still alive. Like there's still, this is living tissue, so to speak, because it emits an aura. In other words, it, on, on some level, we're saying there's still a soul in here somehow. Yeah, which is weird because, so the head wants to regrow its body or it has some memory of its body, but the body literally does regrow a head. It's wild. And yeah. then you know, Mulder had mentioned the worm thing, right? Yeah, he's beyond, he's beyond any regenerative capability of, of most even mythological creatures. You know, yes. like he, you chop a lizard man's head off in D&D, it, that's a wrap. Right. There's he's no done. Hydra. There's, yeah, exactly. So you got he, fucking four more to cleave through. Right. Yeah, he's kind of, well, I guess he's like a troll, right? If we were going to make a drink RPG analogy yeah the closest thing would be a troll because if you cut off a troll's arm 
the arm will try to regrow a troll. It just takes a while. We'll try to regrow an arm. Yeah, exactly. That's why you need fire acid. Got to use fire. Right, right. Or acid. Or acid. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. But what goes beyond even that insane level of regeneration is that does he on call just make another body so he can, like Elvis Presley, fake his own death? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. His molting is a process for him to. If we go back. Okay, wait. Glendy's on to something. Glendy's on to something. You can't just cut cancer in half. Right? You get more cancer. Correct. So I think that's kind of, especially like metastatic or whatever. So I think that's the point, right? I think, I think maybe that's the point she's kind of making and what we're mm-hmm. seeing. Voss is dubious at the, at the head growing a body, but I don't know. I, I mean, he's a, clearly a, some kind of crazy monster with ridiculous powers. I'm not sure right. any of them are beyond the pale. I, I think that is his power, but the we keep calling it molting because I think somebody in the chat said molting. Yeah, funny, it might, it it might be like improper it. description, right? Because what I think, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, but I think what actually happens in the episode in that scene is that Leonard Betts grows another Leonard Betts yes. that he can put in that car yes. and have incinerated. Yes. So that's not regeneration. That's like some amoeba shit. It makes sense as to how he's able to fake his own death. Yeah. He, he's like an on-call, he's like an on-call cancer, like, creator. Yeah. yeah he can make anything. It's like, a, he's almost, well, I wouldn't say doppelganger, but he's, he has this ability to make copies of himself, which I don't know how functioning they would be. That, that would, did you see what I'm saying? Because motherfucker drives a car, doesn't he? So does, does he. Does. Is he just sitting there like a husk? I mean, he uh, looks well. No, because it pulls out of the parking yeah, garage that's true. and it turns. And he makes a turn. He makes a turn. Yep. And yeah, we see him like manipulating. I'm jumping to it in the in the scene. Cloning makes sense, Andrea. I like that. I like saying it that way. They're like, yeah, right. That oof, that begs the question. I get. See, you got to be careful when you start saying I can pull myself apart and make clones of myself, which is wild to think about. That becomes it, that can become very problematic writing wise. What's very interesting is he, he's making he's making clones that are, I guess we would be led to believe. Think about this as like a biological creature, okay? Like forget about supernatural shit, forget about whatever. Think sure. about Leonard Betts is a is a living being. He has these crazy mutations, whatever. So he can recreate himself. He can make a clone. He mm-hmm. can make an exact copy of himself. But that copy of himself is willing to sacrifice itself for the, like, the only reason that second one pulls out in that vehicle, gets blown up and incinerated, is to pull the heat off the first one. So you'd almost believe it's an extension of Leonard Betts. Yeah, that's a better way to say it, an extension. That he's like a fucking hive queen. Yeah, exactly. Hive queen, he, he, he... He uses them to, yeah, it's like an alien queen, so to speak. Like, imagine if the drones are just extensions of her that were right. that she could use. So that so the question becomes: Is it is it a hive mind where where he has control of these weird clones, or are they just independently attempting to save him? I guess it doesn't really matter. What does matter is the fact that 
clearly we see this regenerative capability is something that I'm willing to bet he controls. Right. And, and it seems smart that you would use it as a way to decoy yourself to safety. Right. But yeah. you can only do that if you're not making a living, independent, thinking creature. C- correct. Right? So this is where you're like, diff- oh, cool, I'm alive. And you're like, hey, can you drive around the corner and blow up He's for like, me? He's like, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, in other words, it wouldn't work on a troll. Like, if you cut a troll in half and didn't use the appropriate tools to ensure he did not regenerate, eventually you'd have a second troll. And those two trolls could eventually be fighting over the same food source. Right. Right. There's Whereas, only so much cancer in the world. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, he, he, and he's done this more than once because later in the episode, after they fucking incinerate this guy and do their, uh, uh, I don't know if they actually do an autopsy, but they have him on the table. They dig up the original coffin, pop it open, and you got the same thing. You have an incinerated yeah. Leonard Betts from when yeah. he died six years ago. Exactly. Yeah. So that's his move. Yeah, that's his move. That's how he's able to, you know, unlike if we continue the vampire comparison, unlike the vampire who must disguise himself, dominate mortals into creating fake IDs for him, losing records of himself, changing his name, moving to a new location. This guy is literally proposing that you've killed him or that he's perished. Yeah. But... (laughs) The bad move is to go right back to the place you were working before. That seems like a miscalculation. It does. If, if you... If you're thinking clearly and not like you're full of hunger? I guess. It's, but it, I don't know. It, maybe, it, maybe I'm giving like too much credit to the writing, but, but it, it, when you're analyzing it like we're doing, it does lead you back down the road of, well, does he go back there because he really feels fucking called to it? And, hmm. and, you know, as long as he can get away with it, he wants to keep doing it so he can keep helping people. You have that call on the radio. Like, it, it leaves it at least up to discussion. I think there's a, man, I mean, as, as evidenced by this episode, you know, usually we jump all over the place. We've spent fucking 90% of our discussion talking about Leonard Betts. Because he's the most interesting thing going on. And it, Absolutely. And yeah. But I, you know, you bring up a good point because are we supposed to believe that this guy who has been able to replicate, repl- replicate, decoy, hide, diversion, hide, exist, would be so clumsy as to go right back to the same EMT group, same exact hospital group. But then again, what else is he going to do? This is what he knows to do. I don't even know how he gets the job. Maybe he shows up wearing the clothes. (laughs) Now we're getting off the beaten path. Maybe he shows up wearing the clothes and he knows everything already. So they're listening. He's just like, yeah, I'm the new guy. He's like, oh, okay. And And just jumps into a unit. Because he's not getting paid. He didn't (laughs) establish a fake ID. He's not on the payroll. Right. Did you you give a voided check for direct deposit? I don't think so. Did you fill out a W-9? No. How many are you claiming? Like 50? <laughs> what tax bracket are you in, bro? But it gets back to maybe 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 it's a maybe it's a dual pronged situation where he can't resist the calling, but he also can't resist the access, or we don't know what kind of creature he really is. He has a mom, so presumably he's a mutant of sorts. If she births him, Jesus Christ, yeah. that vagina must be a mess. 
But if she birthed him, it's not like he's an alien creature from somewhere. He's he's a mutant of sorts. So he must have echoes of humanity, I think. I know. We we know yeah. that. He he does seem not very human in the scene where we see his mom talking to him, giving him the old iodine sponge bath. Mm. But it's like, are you in kind of like a awakening, just been regenerated kind of phase where you're kind of getting your stuff under you? It, again, okay, all right, I like it. That's the that's the Dark Empire move, right? Yeah, that's the that's the Emperor Palpatine comes back as a clone in the really good Palpatine clone story, not that stupid Rise of Skywalker bullshit, where he. The, the cool thing about that comic is that when he comes back, he's not quite at full strength yet, but it's cool to see Palpatine young, but he's mm. so corrupted with the dark side and he's so powerful that the clones age and die within like a day. Like yeah. you see him in the next frame and he's already getting older and he has to just keep clone jumping. It's cool. So yeah, maybe he's, maybe there's a limit to his power or a limit to his ability. He's yeah. Yeah. Like, He's like a fucking, you know, he's like a like a fawn. He's got little shaky legs <laughs> for for a couple hours before he has to run from the coyotes and shit. Now I'm just thinking of like a, a sitcom version of this episode where like four Leonard Betts clones live in a house together and uh, like multiplicity. Talk- <laughs> <laughs> it is multiplicity. It's multiplicity. <laughs> Fuck that movie. I think- Somebody said that in the chat earlier too. Multiplicity, nice. Well, that's the thing. You couldn't. Yeah, I, I think. I think survival. You can only run around and, and steal so many cancer bags. I think you. I think it's if the mutant has any biological survivability or evolutionary survivability. I don't think it's going to make a bunch of other hungry clones. I think it's just as we've already indicated, some type of flesh vessel, some kind of. Mm. you know i think but 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 he was reborn so i don't fucking know yeah yeah again it's out there man it's wild there's an there's enough of everything there's enough of the ambiguity there's there's evidence that he is this is he kind of like a a mindless not mindless but is he just a a cancer eating machine and doing whatever he can to sustain it or is he a, a person that's that's a mutant and that has to deal with this and find ways to get through it makes, makes flawed human decisions like killing Michelle. Um, yeah, I think you can go a few different ways with it. I think and I that's think, pretty cool. And, and I think that's why perhaps mutant seems to be apropos because it, it, it assumes a type of humanity, uh, a type of desire to help a type of ability to make the call as Maja pointed out, to the to the EMT to save a man's life for no reason, risking exposure by using slang like up to her ass and alligators or whatever the fuck he says, which is what tips her off, right? Yeah. She's yep. like, what am I? It's like it reminds me of he is like slick, slick, what's that? Slick. You know, he uses <laughs> that word slick. But um but yeah, and she picks up on that right away. And and of course he's saving people's lives. He doesn't necessarily have to. Yep. But we must discuss the end, Josh. Yeah, let's. And what a fucking mind bender. Boy. So, and I don't know how much. I'm trying to think of how much we want to try to be spoiler free. Well, um, I think I think we can just pretend as if I, 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 I will be completely. We, we can discuss it as it is. Okay. It makes us wonder about our main character. He's uh, yes. clearly he senses cancer within her. Yep. We know, we know that at least whether right. how, how, how horrific it is. We don't know, 
But that's serious, man. That it's funny because it, it, that's where the writing, it's so good at raising the stakes each step of the way that when Scully becomes the target, it makes us go, oh my God, what? Because it, it's a double threat. It's, it's yeah. not just the visceral, like, of course. you know, Toomes has, is coming out of Scully's vent. Um, he's going for the lever. It's not just one of our beloved characters is in danger. It's one of our beloved characters is in danger. Oh, fuck. Because maybe shit. Right. That's awesome. Yeah. I want to go home, she says. It's just so telling. Yeah. It's just so telling of fear and and it's, you know, Mulder looking her like, you should be proud, et cetera. And she's just devastated because I think this is just such a moment where she understands, you know, there's, there's a lot going on here. There's the, there's uh, let's, let's even say a triple, a triple threat going on. You've named the first two and I'll, I'll name the third, which is she's now reconciling with this like monster having this power. Like, Holy fuck. Like it's made her, she's afraid that he's right. And that also means she's got to now think about things she's witnessed in this, in her time as an agent. Right. Yep. The, the 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 denials that go on and on throughout this episode. At some point, it's like, okay, well, wait a second. Like, when 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 things are said and done, you can't deny everything. Of course, of course, of course. Um, yeah, and as as we've admitted, you know, we wanted to talk about Leonard Betts. He's the most interesting part of this, but it's not to, and I think we have a little bit give credit to. I think great performance and, and good writing for the two main characters. For sure. You know, Mulder has some fucking great one-liners in this one. Some <laughs> really like top shelf Mulder moments. Sure. Uh, digging in the bodies and, and a few other things. And Jillian Anderson really powerhouses a few great Scully moments. So as usual. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it's, it's a great, it's a, it's a great monster of the week that can combine a really interesting slash scary slash kind of gross that can make you think monster with good moments with, with Mulder and Scully and also kind of maybe also tie into building those characters more that, that maybe not call it, you know, we won't get into how it ties with mythology, but, but does tie into more of a character development arc than just moments we're seeing in. Right. Sure. Sure. So, yep. Yeah. Does um, this guy kind of look like Ron Howard a little? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. He looks like Ron Howard, man. Yeah. He looks like a shade off of an albino too. I'd be so, wouldn't you be bummed if they're like, we need somebody who looks like cancer. You'll do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Fuck. That sucks. Yeah. I guess he's a, he was a series regular in ER. Uh Um, Aha. Okay. He was kind of a douche. And he was in something else uh, significant. That was he's in RoboCop. I remember that. RoboCop, he's one of the RoboCop. he's one of the wacky guys running around. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Um, I like. I guess I gotta say it's a love, man, for me. Yeah. Honestly, I I did not expect to love this episode at all because we've never discussed this episode, and nope. I thought, wow, what a what a collection of great moments that are weaved very well this is such it's so sharp it's just a sharp episode that it doesn't make you do a lot of suspension of disbelief 
And I don't even mean that like, oh, a man can turn into a monster. I just mean suspension of disbelief insofar as am I, am I tracking what the characters are doing and is everything kind of consistent within the paradigm that is X-Files? Yeah. And I got to say yes. Um, yeah, I think I love this episode too, man. It's really fucking good and, and, un, and, and shockingly good. I had no idea yep. what, I was, what I was in for this week. Yeah, it, I mean, it, it wowed me more than I expected watching it and then talking about it took it to another level once, once again. <laughs> once again, we just suck ourselves off to a climax mm. and we love it. Mm. Yep. Mm-hmm. Well, um, yeah, that's a good time. You, do you, are there, uh, I, oh, I haven't looked in the listener comments. You want to do, do listener that. comments or three stars first? Uh, three stars, that's easy. Okay, uh, you want to go? Sure. I will go with the following. I'm going to say number three is Gillian Anderson as Dana Scully. It's just so unfair to Mulder, but (laughs) fuck it. It is what it is. Um, I'm going to say number two is Kim Manners, the director for, for the tight, uh, no lulls in the action at all. The only time I thought there might be a lull in the action is when we came away from Mulder and Scully and we focused and we zeroed in on bets and Betts' former partner, uh, played by Jen Clement, Michelle Wilkes. But that was great, too. Yeah. Um, and then I'm going to go number one, Paul McCrane. Um, okay. I, I'm going to go with the man himself, Leonard Morris Betts, because he occupies a lot of screen time. You know, I just gave the three stars. I gave my number one star to fucking Mark Wahlberg for Shooter. Just, be, <laughs> just because he's in so much of the movie and he has to do a lot of shit. I'm like, yeah. he worked his balls off making this movie, so I had to give it to him. And I kind of feel that with Paul McCrane. That's not to say I don't think he was impactful. Um, there's not a ton of dialogue he has to do, but there's some physical acting and manifestations and, you know, standing naked in the fucking in the storage bin. And this, he's got some moments, you know, where he, where he has to kind of shine. So those are going to be my three this week. That's, that goes Jillian, three, Kim Manners, Two Paul McCrane one. All right. Well, good. Finally, we have something different. I'm going Duchovny three. Nice. Because he delivers some classic Mulder in this yes. one. I'm going Jillian Anderson two because she does get some of the emotionally heavy moments. And I'm going with John Gilnitz, which is a term I learned uh. from BP, which is. Uh, uh, as usual, when John Sheban, Vince Gilligan, and Frank Spotnitz wrote an episode together, they named one of the characters John Gilnitz, a combination of their names, as a private joke. Hmm. So I guess he's a, a victim in the episode, but I'm basically I'm saying the writing is my number one credit for this one. Got it. Well done. So, yeah. Um, listener comments. Listener comments. Boop, boop, boop. Glendy says, recently rewatched this app, and I gotta say... I agree with a lot of the comments here. Although the CGI isn't super great, the makeup for Betts looks creepy and almost resembles the makeup for the worm creature in season one. It had been a lot of time since a rewatch of this episode. The plot overall does a good job in setting up what will be an important part of Scully's development as a character. The bloody nose, the cancer, the alien testing. It's all connected. LOL. But seriously, this episode further deduces Scully's badass intuition as a federal agent with the scene at the end between her and Betts. Here, here, Lenny. Good stuff. Yeah, great scene, but great physical showdown between him and um, 
in Leonard Betts. The uh, the paddles on the head might have been a little silly, but I still <laughs> like it. I still like it. A little bit. A little bit a silly. A little, a little silly, but I'll take it. All right. I'm going to give Shitty one. Shitty old clear, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Samuel Jackson would have delivered that. Hell yeah. <laughs> um, going to give one to uh, to Ms. Vermillion, who was in the chat tonight. Um, was able to finally get caught up to listen live tonight. Just watched the episode. I have so many thoughts like... First, the monster of the week being able to detect cancer. This is including Scully at the very end of the episode. It's very interesting that she gets a cut on her forehead. Foreshadowing, maybe. All in all, a good episode. Yeah. It may be, it's maybe a monster of the week, but also a great fit for the mythological episode as well. Mulder jokes throughout the episode. Mulder's jokes throughout the episode are hilarious, as well as the look on his face when he has to help Scully dig around with the body parts. Drink every time <laughs> Scully doesn't believe Mulder's theory in this episode. <laughs> Hammer time. Fucking hammer time. Boom. Boom. There we are, sir. Yeah, that was good shit. Leonard what Betts. is going on in X-Files next week? Um, it, next like week. The next we, episode is what? We Never are again? Actually, yeah, we are actually doing back to back, right? Going actually next week, I think. I think I can, yes. I think yeah. we're going to do Dune on the weekend, which make, which will make it a... Perfect, because I can't Five do the week pod week for me. <laughs> oh, boy. That's a week. Uh, yeah, never again. Tattoo. And, oh, uh, I don't know this one. And uh, maybe a little bit of a voice appearance from one Jodie Foster. No, oh, really? Dr. Lecter. <laughs> Dr. Lecter. Dr. Lecter. Uh, can you help me find Buffalo Bill? <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait, buddy. Peggy. All right. Well, we'll, we'll see what happens. But uh, I guess that's uh, I guess that's where we're going to bid you lovely and intelligent and beautiful people adieu. And uh, in the spirit, Josh, of the X-Files episode, tell these good people goodbye. Mother's role is to provide. <laughs>